It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the 12th floor of 50 Pin Place in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, the home of 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK, welcome to the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Thanking you so much for making us a part of your day. Um, As you can tell... I was doing a little bit of cheering yesterday as the Thunder were knocking off the Minnesota Timberwolves and getting themselves into the sixth spot. So I'm going to power through today. I will power through for you to talk about how the Thunder can get into the fifth spot and why that is so important. If the Thunder can get past the Jazz, why they need to be playing the Portland Trailblazers in round number one and why they need to be trying like all hell to avoid both the Denver Nuggets and the Houston Rockets. Whoo. And we'll also talk about that, the, the myth with Steven Adams. Okay. We're okay, because I will tell you straight up in segment number one, I'm gonna contradict myself about Steven Adams because there's something about the Trailblazers matchup I love that I don't love so much with the Rockets and with the Nuggets. But why that is a myth, why people like me need to be slapped because Steven Adams is better than what we actually think he is. We'll talk about the things that we do need to be concerned about with the Thunder going into the playoffs. We will break down as much of the Minnesota game and the Detroit game as we possibly can. We'll hear from Billy Donovan talking about how the Thunder is starting to get back to playing with their identity, but... While it may be a trend, is it becoming a habit? And what is the difference between a trend and a habit when it comes to NBA teams? And then finally, why Sam Presti and the Thunder organization do, and I said do need to be concerned, when anonymous athletes say Russell Westbrook is one of the two most overrated players in the NBA. We'll get to all that on this Locked on Thunder podcast. My name's Eric G. I've covered the Thunder for five years. I work for 1340 The Game in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and News Radio 1000 KTOK. If you're not familiar with the Maven Network, get familiar with it. It is a great network with all sorts of content being produced. And one of the things that we are producing on Maven is the Thunder Maven channel, which you can find at basketballmaven.io slash thunder. That's basketballmaven.io slash thunder. And if you like this podcast, and I know you do, that's why you're listening to it, um, then download, well, at least I hope you do, um, download the Himalaya app for your phone. You download that app for your phone, and then you can get into your car and tell your smart device to play the Locked on Thunder podcast It's just that easy. Plus, we're on Apple Podcast and Google Podcast. Anybody who says the NBA is boring is not paying attention to the Western Conference and what's going on with the playoff seating. Because from two all the way down to eight, there's still a lot of movement that can happen in the next 72 hours. Or depending on when you're listening to this, 
the next 48 hours. And the Thunder certainly do figure into this conversation. The Thunder could fall all the way down to eight, but they could be as high as five. And the Thunder need to try like hell to be five. I know what you're saying, no doubt. Well, if you're five, you're playing the Portland Trailblazers in the first round. Now, before we get to why that is so important, Let's talk about how the Thunder get there. And the only way the Thunder get there is for them to win their next two games and the Utah Jazz to lose their last two games. And it's not easy, okay? Those last two games on Tuesday and Wednesday for both the Jazz and the Oklahoma City Thunder, you are playing, well, you're playing, between the two of you, you're playing three teams that are still fighting for seeding. Thunder getting the Rockets and the Bucks. Jazz getting the Nuggets, followed by the Clippers. Clippers who don't want to stay in the eighth seed. The Nuggets who want to hold on to the second seed but lose the tiebreaker right now to the Houston Rockets. And don't worry about the Clippers. The Thunder have the tiebreaker over them. But the Thunder don't have the tiebreaker over San Antonio. So we need to keep rooting for San Antonio to lose. And they only have one more game. So let's talk about the the Thunder playing the Rockets. Well, the Rockets are a dangerous team, not only because they are playing some of the best basketball in the NBA right now, but because they have that tiebreaker over the Nuggets. If they were to win one of their last two games, or actually win their last game, which is against Oklahoma City, and the Nuggets were to lose one of their last two games, which I think the Nuggets do play too, then then Houston vaults over Denver. So Houston is definitely playing to win to get into the two seed. That's dangerous for Oklahoma City. Good thing for Oklahoma City is that they've been playing a lot more like themselves over the last couple of days, playing extremely well in transition, being very good on the boards, creating steals, and in the last two games they've played, one game against Detroit, they were better from the three-point line, and then they were better from the free-throw line against the Minnesota Timberwolves. So the Thunder are playing a lot more like themselves. I still like Houston in that game. And if the Thunder are to just lose one of those last two, then that's it. But the Thunder need to do everything they can to play the Portland Trailblazers. One, because you've swept them during the regular season. And despite what Billy Donovan says about the regular season not meaning anything in the playoffs, I think if Billy Donovan were being completely transparent with you, he would say his team has a definite mental edge over the Portland Trailblazers right now. And one of the reasons is, is because you're not going to see Yusef Nurkic show up in that first round of the playoffs, and you have to love Steven Adams in that first round going against Ennis Kanter. And while Kanter is greatly improved, there's no doubt Adams is stronger, he's more experienced, he's going to have a lot of fight to him, and as much as I like the way Canner plays, I mean, if you can turn that into a street fight between those two teams, or between those two guys, it's advantage Adams. Adams is the much stronger individual. Adams is the better offensive player. And while Canner is doing everything he can to add the three to his repertoire, he's not going to hurt you the way a guy like Boogie Cousins is. He's not going to hurt you the way a Nikola Jokic is. Advantage Thunder and Advantage Thunder because you've beaten this team four times in a row. Now you get stuck playing the Denver Nuggets in that first round, which can still happen. Advantage Nuggets because they swept you in the regular season. And going back to that truth serum, 
Russell Westbrook and Billy Donovan, if they were to be honest about you, they would say that the Nuggets have a distinct mental advantage. One, you look at Yusef Nurkic, there is nobody on the Thunder that can guard him. He is going to he is going to just burn the Thunder in every game that he plays. Adams can't guard him. Markeith Morris can't guard him. You put Nerlens Noel out there. All three of those guys are going to fail against him. However, what we learn with Blake Griffin, it's all right to let one guy beat you. As long as he doesn't beat you in the fourth quarter, you're fine. And that's what we found with the Thunder. While Blake Griffin may have scored 45 points, he only scored one of those in the fourth quarter. So it's figuring out how to defend guys throughout the game where Billy Donovan is going to have to make those adjustments and hopefully he'd be able to do it to Jokic where the one advantage that the Thunder might have mentally is that they've been to the playoffs before. The Nuggets really haven't. The Thunder are way more experienced than they are. And in late, when things get down to crunch time, the Thunder may actually be better than the Nuggets. I still think you're banking too much on the fact that Oklahoma City is going to play defense the way they did the last time these two teams met, that they're going to force them into a lot of non-paint twos, that Denver's going to start missing, and that you're going to be better at least in four games than the Nuggets are from the three-point line. I don't see that happening. I also don't look at yesterday's... I also don't look at yesterday with the free throw line and say, man, that's a habit. It's not even a trend at this point. Two is a trend. Three is a habit. The Thunder may have made 16 free throws in a row at one point in that game, but remember that was coming from Schroeder, was coming from Russ, and was coming from Paul George. And anybody other than Paul George on this team, you cannot trust them hitting free throws. That was an anomaly game. That wasn't anything you can bank on. So three-point shooting, free throw shooting, all very questionable for Oklahoma City going into the playoffs. The other thing that I would find to be questionable for Oklahoma City going into the playoff is this switch. You've turned it on the last two games. You've shown that you can get rebounds. You've shown you can force steals. You've shown you can get out into transition. But can you continue to do that from now until the end of your season? That's something I've got to see. You've had two games where you've dictated the pace of play, where you've dictated the style of play, And I haven't seen you do that enough since the All-Star break for me to trust you. And if you could do it now, why haven't you been doing it sooner? Now, as far as Steven Adams goes, let's go back to him playing against these named centers. Because you may get stuck playing Clint Capella in that first round, Boogie Cousins, or even, you know, as we mentioned, Jokic. Looking at the two games, because he didn't ever really have an opportunity to play Capella this year, and only played Cousins once. So I looked at the two games where you had... Cousins, and then you had the one game with Cousins, and then the four games with Jokic. Despite fouling out against Carl Anthony Towns, Stephen Adams didn't foul out in any of those six games and only had a grand total of 11 fouls. So yeah, Adams can play against these, play against these guys, and he can do it without fouling. He's just going to have to be supremely good on the defensive boards, and it's almost as if when you play against those type of guys in the paint... Yeah, you can win the battle against a guy like Ennis Canner, and you should be able to get offensive rebounds and keep those second chances going, but it's almost as if you're conceding those, conceding the second chances, but you've got to win on the defensive boards, 
in order to make sure that the Thunder get out on the fast break against these teams. Lots going to happen here in these next 48 hours or the next 72 hours, again, depending on when you're listening. And nobody's more anxious than me to see how the way all this plays out. My name is Eric G. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. Remember, the best way to listen to the Locked on Thunder podcast is by downloading the Himalaya app to your smart device. And then when you get into your car, tell your smart device to play the Locked on Thunder podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. I want to tell you about Wise Indoor Camera, which you can get for just 20 bucks. That's right, 20 bucks. Have the peace of mind to have your home secured. Now, all you got to do to get Wise, it's very easy, and that's W-Y-Z-E, is go to wise.com slash podcast. And for just $20, you get 14-day rolling cloud storage. You can also watch Wise via the app on your smartphone. So if you want to keep an eye on your kids, you want to keep an eye on people who might be um, putting in a new driveway or putting in cabinets for you. Maybe you've got something on the stove and you want to let it go to a slow simmer. Then do yourself a favor. Go to wise.com. All right. Are we say it again? Wise, W-Y-Z-E dot com slash podcast. And check this out. Plus, you've got free rolling 14-day cloud storage. And if you upgrade... You know, for just $10 more, you get the 110-degree rotational speed, the 360 horizontal range, the 93-degree vertical range. It, look, Wise is great. And the fact of the matter is, if you just want to watch your plants grow in time-lapse, you can do that as well. But what you really want is to make sure that your family is safe and that your home's safe and your belongings are where they are. So go to wise.com slash podcast today and check it out and get the guaranteed lowest price. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Eric G. You can always subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And uh, thank you for listening on the Himalaya app. Very appreciative of that. Um, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Let's talk about a lot of. Let's talk about some things that they did right versus the Detroit Pistons, which they did a lot right versus the Detroit Pistons. But the first thing that I noticed, well, okay, other than transition, which we've already talked about, and rebounding, we've already talked about. Markeith Morris and Patrick Patterson were playing together as twin towers. I mean, the first thing we've got to just come to grips with is that the Thunder just don't have a good option at four behind Jeremy Grant, and that unfortunately for the Thunder to be successful, Jeremy Grant is going to have to play a lot of minutes between now and the end of the Thunder season. Meaning, I think Jeremy Grant is probably, I mean, look, I... I I would think you're close to 36, 40 minutes a game if you're Jeremy Grant, that you may constantly have to be out there. 
One, because Billy Donovan does not trust Pat Patrick Patterson. Um, even though we've seen Markeith Morris decline, especially offensively here in these last few weeks, um, it's not enough, at least in Billy's mind, to justify putting Patrick Patterson in unless Markeith Morris is on the floor with him. And that's just the way that it's going to be. I don't know exactly what Patrick Patterson did other than that he hasn't been successful from beyond the arc this year, but it's not like Morris is tearing it up either. He did for the first few games, but we've seen him come back. What I find interesting is that if you don't trust Patrick Patterson, why aren't you giving him the same opportunity as you're giving Markeith Morris and letting him get the ball inside the paint and go to the hoop and score? Because that's exactly what you did on Friday is when you put Markeith at the five and you had Pat at the four, you were making sure Markeith got fed inside. And when he, when he was, he was successful. And the Thunder, you can go back and read Eric Horn's article. They haven't exactly been that good close to the basket. Well, Markeith Morris was kind of changing all that. Um, and then you saw the two play again on... Um, Sunday against the Minnesota Timberwolves, I don't know how much of a trend that that's going to be in the playoffs because one thing I have learned is don't try and figure out Billy Donovan's lineups and rotations because anytime you think that there's a new wrinkle being thrown in, it almost feels like it's experimentational or it's an experiment, and then eventually it'll go away. I don't think experimentational is a word, but there, use it. Um, use it if it is. Uh, use it if it's not. Use it in your everyday language. But that's what I but that's the thing with Oklahoma City is that was just one little wrinkle that they made and it paid off dividends. Will Billy Donovan stick with that? And I don't think he necessarily will unless he feels like the matchup dictates it. Um and as far as more of Morris just not being that good, that's just it is what it is. And for Jeremy Grant you now not only have the pressure of playing anywhere from 36 to 40 minutes a game, um, but you're going to have to be good in, in, in order for Oklahoma City to win because Billy Donovan just doesn't trust. Overall, he does, past Dennis Schroeder, he doesn't trust him to win. And he would even talked about with Dennis Schroeder, you've got to engage him. That, man, you talk about one of those things that just throws up a red flag to me going into the playoffs is why would a guy need to be engaged? But that's Dennis Schroeder. The other thing with Oklahoma City is they got to be having fun. This isn't the most serious bunch of a basketball team. With No matter how intense Russell Westbrook is, there needs to be an air of fun. And part of being fun is being playing fast-paced, playing that transition-type basketball, but being able to do things like that no-look-behind-the-head pass that Russell Westbrook made to set up Steven Adams in last night's game, those kind of things have to happen more often because when they do, you just see these guys loosen up and when they're relaxed, they tend to play better basketball. Here's Billy Donovan talking about the Thunder, not only getting back to their identity, but also having fun as well. Speak to playing to identity a little more than yeah. you have been lately. Yeah, I think so. And, um, you know, I think um, the, the, the way we played against the Lakers this game, um, you know, closer to, to how we want to play identity-wise, no question, all formula, so to speak. You know, we've got offensive rebound, we've got key teams, and we foul too much tonight. Like, the things that we've got to be good at, I know every game we're not going to be great at every one of those as much as you're striving for that. Um, 
but to your point, I thought there was things inside of what we're really elite at that we did a great job then. Forced turnovers, the offensive rebounded. We kept them off the offensive glass, which was huge in the game. I mean, I think it was 12 to 4 at the half on the offensive glass, us uh, versus them. And I mean, that's remarkable because they're a terrific offensive rebounding team with Griffin and Drummond. And even when they come in with Maker and Chile, those guys get to the glass as well. So, yeah, that, that was a big part of it. I think we played, you know, get out in transition, we ran, forced turnovers, and, you know, had a lot of good things happen for us in terms of how we want to play and what's the best tournament for us. Good Related to that, it looked like there was a little more fun tonight. I don't know if you can really quantify that sort of thing, but the play that Russell had, the just super cool pass that he had, how much do those type of moments kind of reestablish some of the confidence and fun that you guys had pre all -Star? Um, I think there's a fine line there. Um, I think these guys always enjoy playing with one another. I think they enjoy being around another each other. I think they enjoy being in the locker room together. I think they enjoy traveling together. And they've got really, really good, strong relationships and bonds. Um, I don't think it's ever really been about you know that for us at all. You know, I think um, you know, like listen, there's a fine line between you know having quote unquote fun and also enjoying what you're doing. You know, and I hope they're enjoying what they're doing with each other. But I never felt like it was um, drudgery for them. I mean, they're competitive guys. They want to win, so we've lost some games. I mean, it's only natural. But I never felt like it was um, that they weren't having fun playing the game. I think the fun part for them was probably winning. Probably that didn't make it as much fun. But I think that they've always enjoyed playing with one another. You can always make the argument that chemistry is overrated. And I think, you look, if you were loaded with Hall of Fame talent at, say, four years starting five and then a couple of guys coming off the bench, then, yeah, no, you don't need to have chemistry because talent alone can win you games if you just know what you're doing. However, it's like any other job you have. The more you enjoy the people you work with, the more successful you are going to be at doing that job, and that certainly plays with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Coming up next here on the Locked on Thunder podcast, why the Thunder should be worried about the anonymous poll that says Russell Westbrook is one of the most overrated players in the NBA. It's all right here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. Make sure you download the Himalaya app to your smart device. And then when you get into your car, tell your smart device to play the Locked on Thunder podcast. That's the Himalaya app. Just download it to your smart device now and then subscribe to the Locked on Thunder podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Eric G, and um, hey, don't forget, download the Himalaya app to your phone, listen there. And when you get into your car, tell your smart device to play the Locked on Thunder podcast. So the Athletic does an anonymous player poll. And in this anonymous player poll, it should be noted that 47... Okay, there were a total of 47 votes. Now, in some categories, they had more. Some categories, a little less. But 47 votes 
Um, people were asked who's overrated. So only 47 people were willing to go on the record. Those 47 people did not give their names. The top vote getters were a tie at 17%. It was Draymon Green and Russell Westbrook. Uh, Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns came in second. And if you want to see the rest, we've got that posted on Thunder Maven. But this is something I would concern myself with if I'm Sam Presti. And here's the reason why. One, it's an anonymous vote. Okay, and you can call it gutless. But my first question, if I'm Sam Presti, is... If it's anonymous, I want to know how many people from the team actually voted. And the athletic's not going to give you that information. And if the players are smart, they're not going to give you that information as well. But it does make me concerned that that many people in the league might think the face of my organization is overrated. And what I start to wonder is, okay, if you think he's overrated, why do you think he's overrated? What would make Russell Westbrook overrated? And do these guys want to continue to play side-by-side with Russell Westbrook? And is that something that I'm going to have to worry about, not just as far as bringing free agents in, but in my own house? Are these people not wanting to play against Russell Westbrook? I think when you talk about Russell Westbrook being overrated, the first thing that comes to mind is I think that a lot of people look at the numbers for Russell Westbrook and they see those gaudy numbers. You average a triple-double three straight years. And the thought is, okay, well, he's averaging a triple-double three straight years, but there's the the perception that he stat hoards, okay? And that he went out and purposely didn't take a shot in the, in the first four possessions against Detroit in order to average a triple-double. The 20-20-20, he set out to get the assists first, and then it was rebounds, and Adams helped him out. And it was points before the rebounds, and it just he methodically went about doing it. So I think people have a problem with the numbers because what they don't feel is that Russ's numbers are more organic, and they just don't happen within the flow of the game. They're force numbers. And and that's one thing that players are going to talk about is him being overrated. The other thing that people will concentrate on is that Russ doesn't shoot the ball very well. And even though he doesn't shoot the ball very well, he'll continue to shoot to try and break out of those snaps. Um, And what I would say about, about all that is, as far as Russ being overrated, one, are we trying to say Russ is one of the top 10 players in the league? And if so, is that having him too high? Which I don't think it is. Are we saying that he's one of the top five players in the league? Where no, I probably wouldn't have Russell Westbrook right now as one of the top five players in the league. Still, when it comes to having a guy that is that mental tough or that mentally tough and and, and can and can be it can have the effect on a locker room that he has. I say give me Russell Westbrook over just about anybody in the NBA because I want that dude's attitude filtering down through the rest of my team. Now, Steven Adams said that you've got to be mentally tough to play with Russell Westbrook because he's not exactly the most diplomatic guy when he's giving you constructive criticism. And I did think that Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy had a great point when they say, well, if Russell Westbrook's going to dish it out, Can Russell Westbrook take it? And all great stars are able to take it. The problem is, is who here on the Thunder is the person that can give Russell Westbrook that criticism? 
I think it's a very interesting dynamic that lingers in Sam Presti's head every single day when he thinks about this team and building for the future and the fact that he gave Russell Westbrook a supermax. That's the other thing. If he's overrated and players think he's overrated, do GMs think he's overrated? Is his trade value hurt? There's so many branches on this tree. Unfortunately, we don't have enough time to get into all of them. But I do think that that was very telling. I think it's very telling that um, Stephen Adams was voted number two as the person you least likely want to get into a fight with. Uh, just edged out by James Johnson. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up tomorrow, um, we'll talk about the Thunder and the Rockets. We'll get to this podcast a little bit earlier. And we'll try and get you not only a preview of that game, but also... Um, lay out a little bit more of those first-round matchups, what we like, what we don't like for the Oklahoma City Thunder going forward. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. saying may God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody, and peace, love, and thunder. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.